On today's Blue Bay Insights podcast, I'm joined by Jembo Hu from our Emerging Markets team. Jembo is one of our specialist sovereign strategists with a really interesting background rooted in Chinese macroeconomic research. Welcome to the podcast, Jembo. Hello, Anna. Great to be here. Thanks for joining us. So kicking straight off, how has Trump left relations with China as we head into Biden's inauguration and how are markets reacting? The Trump era has really left US-China relations in a precarious state that has, to a large extent, made the world a dangerous place. Diplomatically, the two countries were on the verge of decoupling in 2020 as a Trump campaign trying to blame its own mishandling of the coronavirus pandemic on China. On the topic of bilateral trade, the most significant legacy is indeed the phase one trade deal that promised significant increases in China's purchasing targets for US exports in exchange for pause in tariff rises on Chinese exports to the United States. On the technological front, the battle for 5G has intensified with Chinese tech firms such as Huawei now being cut off from essential chip supplies from US companies. Financially, recent presidential executive orders by Trump has also ramped up pressure on delisting Chinese SOEs from US stock exchanges, which are deemed to be connected to the Chinese military. So that is roughly where we are. In a way, given how much uncertainty and negativity President Trump has injected into the relationship over the last four years, it's hard to see how things can become much worse. Therefore, it's almost logical to think that markets should begin to rally as they start to price in some degree of normalization in the US-China relations as a win for Biden became clear. The Biden administration is expected to bring the return of multilateralism. Do you see this manifesting through greater cooperation with China on global issues, or perhaps the US and Europe working together to constrain China's growing global dominance? If one defines the return to multilateralism by the Biden team as going back to a rule-based global order, where the multilateral institutions such as the World Bank, the IMF, and the WTO are once again the primary forum for resolving policy disagreements internationally, then we believe there's a backlog of issues that Beijing and DC can work on. And in the same way, we also think Beijing would welcome the return of multilateralism by President Biden, because simply the opposite, i.e. unilateralism, that we saw in the last four years, in the form of lashing out tariffs and sanctions on one's trading partners based on thin evidence, have not only been proven to be ineffective, sometimes counterproductive, but it also creates so much disruption globally. And as you mentioned, Anna, as far as the European Union is concerned, we believe there's enough evidence already to suggest European leaders would like to be seen as equals by both Beijing and Washington. We believe they're likely to work with China and US more strategically. For example, the latest signing of the EU-China Comprehensive Investment Treaty, even before President-elect Biden takes office, is a testament to the fact that the European Union wants to have its own rights to look for the so-called strategic autonomy in global affairs between US and China. 
Jimbo, how has your outlook on China shifted as a result of the changing US leadership? Sure. I think there's enough reasons to be more optimistic about China outlook as a result of the change of leadership in the White House. However, one should never be naive to think US-China relations is ever going to be smooth sailing, simply because these are the two largest economies in the world with contrasting forms of governments. Strategic rivalry is simply part of the day-to-day fabric of these daily government activities. But that had not really prevented the two countries from reaching common goals when confronted with the same set of global challenges in the past. We believe the change of leadership in the White House should provide an important opportune moment to reset the relationship and put it back on track. How are you expecting Xi and Biden to work together on environmental issues, particularly climate change? That's a very important point. In many ways, we think tackling climate change is where the two countries have lots and lots of shared interests and where cooperation can really set examples for the rest of the world. For instance, Biden wants to get US to re-sign the Paris Accord and President Xi has already promised to achieve peak carbon emission for China by 2030 and make China carbon neutral by 2060. The scope for cooperation between the two countries, therefore, on climate change is immense. Along with tackling COVID-19 global pandemic, restoring confidence in global institutions, as you already mentioned on the point of return to multilateralism, we also think tackling climate change as a relatively low hanging fruit for both sides in the early phase of Biden's presidency. If that happens, that would be good news for both China and the US, and most importantly, for the rest of the world. Interesting times for sure. Jembo, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Anna. This podcast is issued in the United Kingdom by Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, which is authorised and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority, registered with the US Securities and Exchange Commission and the US Commodity Futures Trading Commission, and is a member of the National Futures Association. This podcast may also be issued in the United States by Blue Bay Asset Management LLC, which is registered with the SEC and the NFA. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Unless otherwise stated, all data has been sourced by Blue Bay. To the best of Blue Bay's knowledge and belief, this podcast is true and accurate at the date hereof. Blue Bay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained in this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. This podcast is intended for professional clients and eligible counterparties, as defined by the FCA only, and should not be relied upon by any other category of customer. Except where agreed explicitly in writing, Blue Bay does not provide investment or other advice, and nothing in this podcast constitutes any advice nor should be interpreted as such. No Blue Bay fund will be offered except pursuant and subject to the offering memorandum and subscription materials. The offering materials. If there is an inconsistency between this podcast and the offering materials for the Blue Bay Fund, the provisions in the offering materials shall prevail. You should read the offering materials carefully before investing in any Blue Bay Fund. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction and is for information purposes only. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay Asset Management, LLP. Copyright 2020, Blue Bay.
the investment manager, advisor and global distributor of the Blue Bay Funds, is a wholly owned subsidiary of Royal Bank of Canada and the Blue Bay Funds may be considered to be related and or connected issuers to Royal Bank of Canada and its other affiliates. Registered trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. RBC Global Asset Management is a trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, registered office, 77 Grosvenor Street, London, W1K3JR, partnership registered in England and Wales, number OC370085. The term partner refers to a member of the LLP or a Blue Bay employee with equivalent standing. Details of membership of the Blue Bay Group and further important terms which this message is subject to can be obtained at www.bluebay.com. All rights reserved.